The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. to go. on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, our first live event at Hale Varsity Club, and we appreciate those of you that are with us right now. Thank you so much for coming out and uh, supporting the show. It's Breakfast with Benning at Hale Varsity Club, but you just told me prior to starting, you're not even eating. Well, I don't eat while I work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that doesn't so, make a lot of sense to me. It's, no, it's, it's breakfast it's, with you. I, I've been saying this since the whole deal. It's not about just me. Number one, it's breakfast with everybody in the show. I think the alliteration They misspelled works. everybody then and put Benning. <laughs> we got, I love it. We got jokes already on a Friday. But here's the thing, though. It's like you saw yesterday we had, you know, the Channel 7 was here and they were doing the piece and they, like, wanted us to – I don't know, whatever. So the minute like that I'm that I'm messing with the food and all of that, then I gotta feel like I gotta go wash my hands. I don't want <laughs> you, you got stuff going on. You have on. your lotion on standby most days. Yeah, I do. Hey, and you know what though? You didn't rub out the tube just yet? No, no. It's uh it's it's still a little firm. <laughs> do you leave your backpack in your car? Sometimes. Now you told me about not leaving my computer in the garage in my car that. in the garage. So I try to be cognizant, but it's a crapshoot. I mean, maybe I will, maybe I won't. But my my uh, my healing ointment for the old cuticles. I actually was feeling my knuckles today, and I and everybody in here is you. Well, not our guest today, but Sasha's used it. Shane, Lord knows he needs it. You seen his little Vienna sausages, <laughs> bro? Yeah, it's like, hey, oh come Sa- on, Sarah V, the healing ointment will do you well. So yeah, that's where we're at, or something like that. So I just I I don't like to. Oh, my man wore his Steelers coat. D, you're the man. I have one of those. It was a gift, and I'm afraid to wear it because it's old. So and it's kind of leather. Everybody likes retro. It is retro. I'll show it to you. It's hanging up in the front closet, and I and I and I don't rock it. But um, anyway, good to good to see a lot of our guys. I just just kind of getting started, so we appreciate 
Uh, everybody being patient as we try to grow this bad Yeah, we kind of navigate through getting on the air at 590, started at 1480 in Lincoln. We were live on YouTube, live on Twitter. Uh, you could catch us on the podcast. That's Hail Varsity Radio for this show. We follow it up with Morning Dump on Herd at Sports. So it's just a process. We're getting there and... Uh, you know, uh, the boats, we're floating now. Yeah, one, one, one of the best administrators. Well, he's retired now. I won't, uh, I won't, in case you snuck out of the house, I won't say your name out loud, but um, Steve. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the good guys, man. A, t- a total P1. It, it's cool. The thing that I like about this, kind of the culmination of folks getting to come and break bread together is it was, it was a lot of work, right? Media doing podcasts, getting into the radio business, uh, trying to do something that hasn't, to the best of my knowledge, been done here, certainly in this state. Uh, A fully remote live radio broadcast consistently five days a week. The cool thing is, is they control all the inventory. (laughs) Like, that's the American dream. Mm -hmm. So good on on the crew and uh, excited to be a part of it. But, man, what do we got on the show today? We have a busy show. It is a jam-packed show. We're talking to four people. Mike Schaefer at 730. We'll talk Nebraska recruiting with him. Then we move over to Jim Simons, your guy over at Westside. He is a a colleague of the number five ranked, six ranked team in the state. And then as we continue the coach's corner in order. Right. Now the. The top, it's been a little topsy-turvy. It, there's a lot of fluctuation Yeah, we talked to Coach Woodard, Coach Feekin, Coach Etz Miller. At the time, you've, you thought Westside had a chance to be four. They've been upset. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Uh, a tightly contested one in Lincoln last night between the Navigators and Lincoln High. and Coach Simons was Which next Lincoln's, on Lincoln's, all four teams are in the top ten. Yeah. They're dangerous. Well... We'll see, <laughs> says the Metro guy, right? <laughs> right. No, they actually are. <laughs> There's no two ways about <laughs> it. Uh, on any given night, you see the start the Lincoln North Star got up. What, they get up to 11-1, out of the gates, 10-1 last night over, over Lincoln High and a team that had won the hack tournament. So all bets are off in high school. Uh, unless you're Bellevue West, you feel pretty good. <laughs> right, yeah, that's the only team that kind of you, has solidified themselves you just, as I think one. I think we're just hoping they don't get bored. They're hoping they don't get bored. Yeah, they're an interesting team, and we'll talk about them more with Mike Sauter at 840. We'll also talk to Nick Ba at 830. We'll talk Creighton, especially this weekend with UConn coming off a pair of losses. Yeah, Ooh. and do you think you feel, you feel like you have a cap on the Big Ten or the Big East? Big East? Well, no. the Big East or the Big Ten. The only thing you know for sure about the Big East is, is that five teams have a chance to make March Madness. And 25 <laughs> conference losses in a row for Georgetown right. isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> but we we drugged Pat Ewing yesterday. We, we, did. we probably won't get back into that yeah. today. Oh man, it's that, tough, man. It's like, what are we doing? One thing that uh, they have though that Nebraska didn't have with Scott Frost is a conference championship. Yeah, I mean, he got the he went sure he uh. had the hot run, mm-hmm. but that was it. You're that's still, it. Oh, you can't you can't be a one off. You're, you're still talking yeah. about twenty five in a row. You're also talking about a guy that's an absolute legend yeah. at Georgetown and somebody that will impact recruiting for years to come there, you whether think? he's coach or not. I think so. Just knowing that you know he was a guy that came out of that system, it, it, that that works wonders. The bigger the name, the better the recruiting. Ah, uh, well. Godspeed to Lee Reed, who is the uh, athletic director out there. You got some tough decisions to make, but 
Um, we, we, we've, we've seen it this week. It's, it's not safe to be ranked. We forgot. Congratulations to Omaha. Uh, as they got off the road win, Schneid, they'd lost 22 mm-hmm. consecutive, I think. Uh, Gary Sharp tweeted last night uh, during the broadcast on the road, handling Western Illinois and Macomb, Illinois. And the women get a win, too. Yeah. And how about that? That's a good call mm-hmm. because I follow Coach Banks on Twitter. I think she's fantastic as a as I a actually social. ran into – Two of their assistants at the Metro Holiday Tournament. Yeah, so I watched. So over the, it wasn't even over the holidays. It was closer to Thanksgiving when Ball State came in. I, Ball State's coach, Coach Lewis, is, is a good friend of mine. So I went out and watched them, their shoot around and stuff and hung out with them before the game. And obviously I love Coach Crutch and Coach Crandall and that staff on the men's side. But I watched uh, the women's too. And a lot, lot of energy. And uh, that's back-to-back that's back back mm-hmm conference or back-to-back wins for the Mavs in terms of in the conference and that's the first time they've done it since I'm going to get my years screwed up because I'm not good with this but is it would it be 2021 or 21 22 I think it's 2020 <laughs> you're asking the wrong guy about you're not years. good at that either <laughs> no that's usually what he's for over there but he's on his laptop he usually can correct me when I'm <laughs> off but uh because I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow this. I believe it was during the pandemic, so whatever year that was. 21. Okay, 21. 2020. 2020, <laughs> 2020, 21. I think so. They, had, they, they, they beat North Dakota Thank twice. And look, I'm getting <laughs> affirmation. We're getting head nuts. I so was actually if I'm, looking, if I'm right, they beat North the Dakota back-to-back days, so not real – it was some extenuating circumstances. Right, right. I'm telling you, man, this, this is my sports. He can do <laughs> high school, too. He can do high school. He can do college. He's a roller. Sit down yeah. in the chair. <laughs> hey, he might. <laughs> don't, 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 don't invite him. He might. He might. So, so good for the locals, mm. man, as we're kind of sorting our way through it. And a couple of the top-ranked teams got out unscathed. Yeah, Gonzaga, one of them. But that's San Francisco San Francisco's team, tough. They're good, and they were yeah. good last year, too. My, my sister is a professor out there, and sh- she's all in on the Dons, and we hear about them quite a bit. What a, what a tough last possession, though, that was for them. Yeah, like Gonzaga just any pressing worse, up to the three. Any worse than Ohio State? <laughs> uh, no. No, that one wasn't good either. No. Purdue comes away with a uh, – yeah, you're right, a, another thriller. And, and I know – and how about right on cue, the team in the Big Ten, I said, oh, man, they interest me. I keep an eye on them. And then I'm like, wow, was that really Eastern Illinois that they lost to? Mm-hmm. They're in trouble. No McCaffrey, who, by the way, wishing him all the best, struggling with a little right. anxiety. and He was uh, on the bench last night. S- decides to step away from the game a little bit. Iowa rallies out of nowhere. Even out of at, nowhere. At because 50 to 40 at half, you're like, oh, God, they kind of closed the gap. i say the and Hoosiers up 10 at half. Indiana turns the ball over too much. They, they, they do. Did you hear the comments after the game, too, by, by Coach? Oh, yeah. Woodson? Uh, yeah, oh. about him talking about how Fran yeah. made his way to his side. <laughs> and he was so, so angry. It's and verbally, like, it, to the point to where he was – Using choice words right. at the podium, right? And and Matt, Go- we've 
we've what do they call them temper franchums like right. we've seen this before from coach Frischilla but how about the actually was his the resolve for that team to come back and get that win for them that was big time and it's too early to say salvage the season but certainly got a shot in the arm in terms of conference play because on the other end in the front end of the doubleheader Maryland coming off a 40-point drubbing, and Rutgers sent them another message. Don't mm-hmm. come to Piscataway. <laughs> that is a long, athletic – I would hate to play against Rutgers the way that they play. They get, how many hands do they get their ball – Their how many balls do they get their hands on? It, that would be an annoying team right. to play against. Hey, man down, man the down. news of the day, though, and UCLA, UCLA holds on. They do. They yeah. did. Or they did, not do. But Or maybe they do and did. Uh, the news of the day came yesterday, and that was DeMar Hamlin yeah. showing substantial improvement, and uh, his doctors even came on ESPN for like an hour. I couldn't. So when you're, when you're that big time at the Med Center in Cincinnati, do you, is that part of the deal that you sign up for to have multi-hour? So it... It was a couple of hours almost, right? right. Where you're just basically not, on an open panel. Not like that. This with was media. This was a unique circumstance. When I used to do stories with doctors, medical professionals at hospitals, like you, obviously you set it up and you, you get about a 10 to 15 minute window with them, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's max. This was so unique. So, uh, you know, no, nobody really has done something like this before. And it was cool to get their perspective, but I was sitting, um, I, I was at the gym and I was listening to it on my phone and I was watching the TV and I'm like, no one's going to get the answer they want. Yeah. Like doctors are so good about not giving information away. How about like, and it was pretty cool cause they're not tr- well versed in terms of, and I guess maybe they are subconsciously with answering family questions or Understanding mm-hmm. HIPAA, be, that's right the big on, one. on how to how to give out information. But even when they're leading questions, right? What was the famous one? Hey, we've heard reports of it was this, 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 Camosio this, and this. Cordis. And docs are like, "Yes, we've heard those things mm-hmm. too." But in our business, we eliminate response. the we eliminate oh the variables, so we need to rule out. And then by the time he's listed nine things that you cannot spell nor say, you're like, "Oh, okay, he's not ready to say that that's what it was." I'm right? telling you, like, man, that was, was fantastic. It was a flashback to the past for me because while doing interviews like that before, I'm like. Nobody can make a story from this stuff. Yeah. I, I, I was listening to the information, and I'm piecing it together, and I'm like, it would take me an hour to try to figure out what soundbite to use and which one is going to be like the hard-hitting, hard-pressing soundbite because a big question that I kept hearing was, if he comes back to football, can he come back to football? What would the rehab look like? And for a doctor, I, I, I don't know why they don't just say, because like with an ACL injury, for example, I know this, this injury is not something that but has that been I seen think before. Ultimately, that's but, probably going to be part of your point. But an ACL injury, you can label it to nine months recovery time. Like that's on average, whether it's more, whether it's less, of course it comes back to the player and, and his recovery process. But with something like this, why can't you just say like, hey, it's probably going to be a year. It's probably going to be two years. Uh, why can't you just say that no one's going to hold you to that well, when he comes back But to do rehab. you know why I think it is? 
Because I think in that moment, you don't want to make it about athletics, even though it's an athletic question. Like, he literally was fighting for his life. So the minute you're a medical – this is just my mm-hmm. – yeah. when you're a medical professional at that level, like the best of the best around the country, and you start bringing it back to athletics and not for, like, life sake mm-hmm. – I think you kind of minimize right. what happens. So instead of just saying, hey, listen, I know a lot of you guys are sports media. This isn't about sports. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I feel like recovery time, though, isn't I don't, just be, a sports be, be, question. Maybe they shouldn't have said, hey, how long until he comes back. Uh, maybe they should have just started with, hey, what's a rehab process like but it's, for an it's, injury like it's, this? It's the heart, though. Mm-hmm. It's truly a matter of the heart. That Not, not kind of the, the cheesy feel-good about relationships but it truly is a matter of the heart so how are you supposed to put how does that get a window they know so much information they know how the body works i don't know you know whether this is the first time or whether this is the 10th time there should be at least some they should have some sort of gauge on what that is maybe they're not prioritizing that right now but they should they think about things like that all the time that's why i think you know Provide a window, let them run with it, and, and, and just move on with your day. But at the, I also understand the idea behind, you know, keep the person before the game. And, and that's how they were molding all of let, their answers. Let me, let me ask you something. If you're Hamlin, and number one, you're, you're appreciative just to be um, alive and functioning, and you're, mm-hmm. you're very appreciative of the support. Do you – and I, I assume it depends on the individual, but how much privacy would you want? I just think about my personality with that, and I truly— He probably would, wants more than he's given. And, and it's, it's a fine line because you don't want to be ungrateful, right? Obviously, prayer is powerful, and people have poured in. And I think his—the the GoFund, the, the money raised mm-hmm. for the toy— for the Seven, eight million eight now? Eight mil. You were originally wanting 4K— no, 2500 2500 Yeah. <laughs> He's at 8 mil. So it would – you don't want to be like, uh, you know what, I'm, I just need some time to myself. Because then you feel like, oh, my gosh, all these people were here for me, their thoughts, their prayers. But, man, it's gotta be, he's got to be exhausted and exhausting. Mm-hmm. That's where I think you need How your family the, and those people close to you to I, just I, continue to kind of thensulate you. But, see, I think the family – is doing that right now because you can't really make a lot of contact with DeMar right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's writing on a pen and paper, or he's writing with a pen on paper. <laughs> did, but we, did we win? <laughs> did we win? Which, 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 that is so What awesome. a gratifying response yeah. to, to see that. And then the doctor saying you won the game of life. I mean, yeah. um, the only game of life I've won is the actual board game. Um, <laughs> but aside from that. I can't even remember how to play that. <laughs> it, it's fun. It's a good game. Is it? Yeah, all you do is kind of just like, well, it's your path of life, and then you, you know, you pick cards and you it, see if you have babies. Seems, seems, and like, seems like it kind of be never ending. How do you win the game? Um, I, th- I don't remember. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. I don't know if it comes down to like how much money you have in the end. Like if you ended up being Weird. a doctor, it'd be, it'd be about dollars and cents, right? Well, that's how our world operates, right? <laughs> On dollars and cents. No, but what I was gonna say um, be- before we move off this topic is, I don't think Demar really has to handle a lot of that press right now uh. because he just can't speak yeah. when he can th- and you know he's he's up yeah, and he's out of the hospital get, that's when he'll start getting space. hammered yeah. and that's when the privacy uh, need has to be there yeah 
interesting. It's kind of cool to hear like the players talk about the things that were kind of popping into my mind real time on on social media, and you know, and Daniel's right though. You, you know, yesterday we were going back and forth on Twitter about people not allowing the immediacy of responses of Twitter. And, and, you know, he simply said, hey, that's why I don't tweet about things like that real time, right? Just people just don't have the temperament to to handle those uh, right. uh, those discussions on that platform. But, man, it was refreshing to hear that I'm not – I'm crazy sometimes, but not that crazy <laughs> in terms of – those guys just wanted out. They, they, they just wanted out. They, they wanted to, to, to be with their teammate. Um, just, I think, the waiting. Uh, I think it was, who's the, the left tackle for Buffalo, uh, who was talking about, um, you know, just to recalibrate and refocus isn't feasible. Right. Right, not with a deal like that. And, and it's almost like everybody in athletics is given that, the kind of that standard answer, right? It's, we've seen ACLs, we've seen spinal injuries, we've seen broken bones, we've, we, we, you know, um, we've seen hips. CPR is a nobody wants to see is that. A, is a that's exactly mm-hmm. what it was. Deion, Deion Dawkins. Dawkins. Uh, thank you. Wow, you're welcome. Um, Didn't want to say his name because I could you, not remember his first name. Once you see CPR <laughs> and the AED, it's a game changer, right? It, it it well, the air gets sucked out of the room. You don't know how to react. You yeah. don't know how to respond. And it was it. Uh, was it Diggs talking about how mere minutes seems like hours, hours mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're waiting, you're awaiting work, right? And that's the part that I just, I, you know, I just cringed. I, you know, I was thankful that, that, that Susie was kind of helping Booger out. It was good that she didn't have the necessary, she didn't have the same relatable point that he did so she didn't go there immediately in her emotions like he did right right because he was he was struggling and 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 she did a good job Mm -hmm. of helping him with a lifeline and 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 helping him along and 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 shefty i felt was was pretty good too because that's not even really his that's not his skill that's not his baby you know what i mean yeah we're getting some food delivered, too, and it's on your side, too. It should be on my side oh, if you're not eating. Oh, those are those sausage bites. Um, I'll tell you what, man. Ooh-wee. You know, uh, before we send this thing to break and talk to Mike Schaefer, now attention can continue to turn to the NFL playoff scenarios and things that were being released yesterday, ideas that were coming about. And there's a special league meeting today to kind of find a, a consistent point to say – this is what we're doing. This is what we're rolling with. And a lot of people didn't like any of those ideas. And, we floated out. The, and there the, were like the three or four will, scenarios. The poll will come to an end here shortly. I'll be curious to see. There are three or four scenarios, but uh, the two points that they're looking over today, the AFC Championship game to be played at a neutral site. Every game was essentially at a neutral site. We'll just go out and say that in, in every scenario that people could draw up in their minds. Um, and then the other one was if Baltimore defeats Cincinnati in Week 18, it will have defeated Cincy divisional opponent twice um, and then they will not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati would have the higher winning percentage because they played one last game. Yeah, it should only matter if it's Buffalo, Kansas City or Cincinnati. Yes, and, and right, I think that's what the conversation really is about. Yeah. 
Because, you know, you had the idea from Matt Hasselback even yesterday of who gets the bye versus who gets home field advantage, which is the poll that you were just talking about. And that had a real 50-50 split to it. Yeah, I know. I'll I'll be curious to see because it's not quite over yet, but I'll I'll see where we're at. And, and by the way, before we we hear the bed music, Yuri, um, who was in your neck of the woods because you worked in Iowa, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he says it ends he's talking about the game of life he said it ends when you reach the end game trail symbolized by retirement more oh it is retirement yeah. end of life and whenever whoever has the most is the winner weird <laughs> ominous foreshadowing <laughs> about being shallow hey our poll question of the day the NCAA cleared this weekend for possible visits what portal prospect prospect excuse me excites you the most is it Micah Mazuka, Billy Kemp or Walter Rouse We'll even get into that next when we talk to Mike Schaefer here on Coffee and Cream, powered by Currency. Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club, where we are hosting our first live event. And there's still time to come to Breakfast yeah, with Benning. It, it just started. And yeah. you can come, get a ticket at the door, sit down, have a great bite to eat. Nice. We heard the burrito's awesome. We heard the French toast is great. We've, come by, have some fun. So we've got, did we do the breakfast pizza? I probably should. No, where's pizza? Avery? She's the stud. Is it okay, on the menu? Yep, she's nodding, yes. Breakfast pizza? So we got the breakfast pizza. We've got the burritos. We have um, the French toast. Thank mm-hmm. you. See, and then yeah. the bedding bite. That's why I'm not a one, baby. Mimosas. Mimosas. That was at the top of the chart. This one's – I'm going to tweet this picture out, but we have these bites. Uh, they are sausage, cheese with a little bit of a, a biscuit binder. We'll do a bite every time that we do this, just kind of the play on words. But that right there, I'll, we'll put that out on social media here in a second. I can't even tweet the lineup out, which anybody knows that's heard me for 15 years. It is very well, hard Well, when you get me. distracted, then you come back that's to it. That's the hardest thing about time. live events because it's already hard during a regular show to stay dialed right. in. And then you get me with um, actually people that I like, it's tough. No, you're not wrong there. Hey, let's welcome in our next guest, Mike Schaefer, Nebraska football and recruiting for 24-7 Sports. Mike, good morning on StreamYard. Good to see you. Good to see you guys, gentlemen. Uh, what? When is the Uber Eats driver coming by with the <laughs> aforementioned food? Uh, you got to um, ask him. Somebody wants to know when you're coming by with the aforementioned food. Schaefer. He's, it's 15. Well, if, well, you if he gets that. there in 15 minutes, he's a bad boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the food. Yeah, I know I'm made. on the east side of Lincoln, but it's going to take a little more than 15. Yeah, we minutes. are right next to the interstate, but 15 minutes that would even be. I did it in 28 once. I'm ashamed to say, but. <laughs> Yeah. It was Pedal gonna, to the metal. Well, I was going to be late for a press conference. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> it happens. Shave, how are things, man? How are you keeping up? By the way, you look great. I like the beard, man. The nice full winter beard is fantastic. Yeah. But how, like, there's a lot going on, man, especially mm-hmm. in recruiting in Nebraska, climbing the ranks in a hurry, man. How are you keeping up? Well, the month of December was was pretty insane because you've got a lot going on there. Obviously, they're putting together their – Recruiting staff, they're doing the high school, junior college recruiting in addition to transfer portal stuff. Players are going in, players are coming out. Uh, So December was pretty insane. 
And then the, there's been kind of a little bit of a lull. Obviously, it's picked back up this weekend. You have three, at least three known visitors in town, um, you know, for for transfer portal visitors this weekend. And then we'll see. I'm, I'm really curious what they're going to do in January. Do they have some 2023 targets that are still out there? Is it mostly transfer portal additions at this point? And then when they get that locked up, do they move over to 2024, which is kind of what I'm guessing happens. But you never know. I mean, who could who could end up as, as a potential 2023 January target for him? Uh, that could be a February signing day thing. So there's there's obviously uh, no shortage of things when you have a transition as to what you're trying to do, resetting a roster, backfilling some areas where you need depth. Uh, but some intriguing names this weekend with, with Billy Kemp's and uh, Micah Mascua and Walter Rouse. And so, you know, two of those guys, offensive linemen, one's a wide receiver. I'd put those as, you know, key needs for Nebraska's roster for 2023 as they try to figure this out under Matt Rule. Stay right there, Mike. As you talk about offensive line play and the need for uh, Nebraska to have a stronger ability up front, uh, yesterday we had Brandon Vogel on the show. We talked a little offensive line with him. And then even in the afternoon with Chris Schmidt, he said that offensive linemen are the hottest commodity in the portal. Would you agree with that? Um, it's either, so it's either side of the trench. It's either offensive line or defensive line. I mean, you can't ever have enough. I've never met a coach who's felt comfortable with his depth at either of those spots. And those things are just gold. And the, the wild thing is they can come from all over. I mean, uh, Johnny Cornelius, the, the offensive lineman from Rhode Island was one of the biggest targets in the portal of any position. And again, he played a couple years at Rhode Island last year a name that is going to go in the top 25 picks in the NFL draft coming up in the spring was Jared Verse. Uh, I believe he transferred from Albany to Florida State. So, you know, and he's a defensive end. So I, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of decent track record of guys jumping levels. You try to go out and find offensive linemen uh, that you can try to plug and play just because it's hard. I mean, being an offensive lineman is really difficult. Uh, and so getting guys that have experience – is huge getting guys that have upside is huge and so nebraska again you know they were able to grab ben scott they're obviously not done there yet and the thing is even with even if they don't add either of these two guys they still have really helped themselves out by just getting ben scott i mean by just adding one piece in there and having someone that you can just sort of write in sharpie and then you've got some other guys that you can use pen and white out around them until you figure out the right configuration. And so I think Ben Scott was a great start for them. If they can add to that, we're getting to, to kind of gravy at that point. Talking with my main man, Mike J. Schaefer from 24-7 Sports. Schaefer, let me ask you something. You know, I, we, we Coach Frost talked about wanting to get old and stay old, right, and just could never really maintain that. As we look at the numbers and how Coach Rule and this staff has, has built the roster so far, 13 seniors – 22 juniors, 22 sophomores right now. Now, the redshirt freshman is a little low, just 13, but attrition, that stuff happens. Do you like the way that it's trending as you're talking about offensive line with the Lutovskis, the Noellis, uh, the Prohaskas, the Ethan Pipers, the Benharts, the Corcorans, Ben Scott? Those are older guys. Is Nebraska? Do those numbers add up, or am I seeing what I want to see to get a mature football team? 
Well, so what's, what's fascinating to me is that we're talking about an offensive line for two years that people feel like has underproduced. And yet at the same time, I don't think it would behoove Nebraska to just go out and grab an offensive line. Like it's got to be someone that can actually play and help them because what's going to happen here is when you start putting these names together, if Teddy Prohaska is your left tackle, if you go get a Walter Rouse, um, you know, and then he becomes your right tackle, that's a really good situation. But what happens with Turner Corcoran? What happens with Henry Lutovsky? What happens with, you know, Nori Newelli? You know, Ethan Piper has starting experience. And I am intrigued enough by the success that Matt Rule has had up front that I don't I, – I liked a lot of these guys as recruits. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the thing about the offensive line that I think is the hardest for me to digest as someone, you know, analyzing this football team. They went out and they recruited well with the offensive line early. I mean, Turner Corcoran is one of the biggest recruiting wins that Scott Frost had, and it hasn't felt like that's worked for them yet. And part of it, to me, is he's played out of position. So I still want some of those guys to have opportunities. So it's not like a thing where I I feel like it would be good for Nebraska to go grab three experienced guys, throw them in the offensive line, and then you could be losing out on some players that have untapped upside that you know maybe just need a slightly different system, or maybe they need play calls that work to their style. Or whatever it is, maybe they need a second year with Donovan Rayola. Um, but I, I have enough belief in the talent that they went to go recruit that I don't want to see them try to paper over, over it with some guys from the portal. So to me, it has to be like worthy additions. Or there's real, you know, I'd, I'd rather see what they have under Matt Rule under this coaching staff uh, than just throw those guys off to the side. Mike, I still think there's a huge void in the offense, and that's finding a replacement for Trey Palmer. Even with bringing in a guy like Billy Kemp this weekend, is he somebody that you see uh, as a veteran presence that if they sign him can replace him, or have they done that already, or do they still need to find a guy that can do that? Definitely think wide receiver is a huge thing that they have to go out and attack. I mean, it's, it's sort of a fascinating room right now. I mean, you essentially have Marcus Washington, and Alante Brown, and then a whole lot of just kind of like throw your hands up in the air and not really sure what's there. So um, I, I think that Billy Kemp's would be good because he's experienced. Uh, I think he's got a little bit of explosive nature to him. I would certainly hesitate to say that he could replace Trey Palmer. I don't know that there's a, a one-to-one replacement, but, you know, some guy that looked a lot like me with a beard like mine that wears stupid hats like I do. <laughs> Wondered if Trey Palmer could be a one-to-one replacement of Samari Toure. So, I mean, the thing about wide receivers in the portal, it's the opposite of offensive linemen. I mean, there's so many of them that you kind of get the opportunity to pick through what it is it you're looking for. You need a veteran right off the bat. You need a guy that's a tone setter. Or are you going to go out there and you're going to try to find a highly rated receiver that left a program that has three, four years of eligibility? Or are you going to try to do both? And so I think I'm really fascinated. Obviously, Garrett McGuire is going to be Nebraska's wide receivers coach. Uh, That in itself is a really interesting dynamic. We need to see how he's able to do in terms of recruiting, what transfer portal players think about a guy like that. I mean, one of the things that I have the toughest time with it, and I'm fine with the hire, but you're 24 years old. Marcus Washington's, what, 23? Mm. Like, how is Marcus Washington going to be taking coaching from a guy that's one year older that, frankly – has done a little less, you know, in terms of productivity as a football player than Marcus Washington ever has. So, like, how does he build those relationships? How does he foster that? How does that room grow? 
and how do they choose to try to attack some of the holes there? Because they, Schaefer, they we have appreciate your time, man. Basket. Thanks so much. Thanks, Thank Mike. You. Sorry, guys. No, you're good. It. We're just on a tight crunch. We're going to talk to Westside's head basketball coach next. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. High school coaching corner time here on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, 590 AM Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln, live on YouTube, live on Twitter. We are at Hale Varsity Club for a live event, which is Breakfast with Benning. I'm still going to keep reading it like that. No, stop. That's the title no. of this. Breakfast I, with Benning at Hale Varsity w- Club. Well, yesterday you intimated that the young guys are the smart guys because they got they all the ideas. So I'm just trying to ride your coattails. <laughs> they are. <laughs> you know, with Nebraska going young. Everybody's going young, though, not just that. Yeah. And we're about to talk to a guy that's coaching young right and, now. And has a relatively young staff. And that's Jeff Simons, head coach. Jim. Jim, excuse me, Jeff. <laughs> gotcha. Ah, there it is. I well, was thinking Jeff that's, Sims. That's because we want to break him down in the 8 <laughs> yeah, o'clock hour. Exactly. I, I Jim care. Simons, head coach of Westside Basketball. Jim, good morning. Sorry I butchered your name. Oh, good morning. How are you guys? Andrew, I was, uh, I was just getting ready to compliment you. I've been on the Coach's Corner several times. I think it's the first time uh, th- that it's ever been maybe even a minute early. So, you know, somebody keep the Damon on schedule. <laughs> wow, uh, thank I, you. You're doing a heck of a job. So, uh, but then you butchered my name. Yeah, <laughs> and then so you retracted there, so. your statement. Coach, that's yeah, the second, so good morning. <laughs> second time in two days somebody has commented on being early on the phone call. And before we give Andrew too much credit. I'll take it all. Shane is still the guy, right? So it's like. He, he's, he's grown up a lot, Coach Simon, so we appreciate he, you. He's, he's learning how to kind of rein you in and, and kind of get away from those, you know, like 17, 18-minute segments. Yeah, exactly. Well, contrary to popular belief, I was the easy-going one, right? Nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> hey, as you, as, you get, as you get ready for this one, um, it's, you've had an interesting season, right? You, you, you have one of your, 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 your better players coming off a, a long-term knee injury. Uh, you got another guy that's playing football. You have another guy that's going to be a first-year varsity starter. You have a mainstay in odd body. You're working around with Stubblefield. Like, you've had to are – you, are you feeling reinvigorated, a little more stressed? Like, <laughs> what, this is not the older, more experienced bunch sometimes that you're used to. Well, see all the above. I mean, you know, a little more stressed some days. Uh, invigorated some days you know I told her you, you mentioned my young coaching staff who does an outstanding job but I told them you know at the beginning of the year that this is going to be a very different group than the group we had last year I mean last year you know we went into the season you know on November 15th of you know 2021 uh, we returned nine rotational guys who had all played uh, the season before we we didn't lose a guy from the season before and we were fortunate uh, from an injury perspective outside of Caleb Benning uh, everybody was healthy. So that, that group last year had played 25 games, uh, high school games together the previous season without losing anybody from the rotation. You know, then minus Caleb, who had had the back injury, uh, probably played 25 to 30 games together in the summer. Yeah. Um, and all of those guys were healthy in the fall and played probably another 10 to 12 games of fall league in the fall. So that group went into the season before our first game of having played 50 games uh, you know, essentially intact. And, and, and this group, it's, uh, you know, and everybody deals with their different challenges, but you mentioned, uh, you know, we had a, 
an assortment of injuries to several guys uh, you know, throughout the summer and the fall um, that you know limited the ability of the group to play together uh, in the summer and the fall. Those guys were you know battling back from those injuries, uh, you know, and were getting close to being fully healthy. But but yeah, it's it's certainly been a different dynamic of uh, trying to bring a new group along and, and maybe not being as cohesive um, as what we were certainly last year with uh, with a veteran group with a, not only a lot of veteran experience but just the continuity that that group had together and this this has been a, a different group in that you know in that situation and we knew it would be and you know we said all along we thought we would be a better team in january and february and i certainly hope that plays out coach you know uh let's go more recent here coming off a loss against the top team in class a during the metro holiday tournament because of the strong start, though, that we're seeing out of your team, is it easy or difficult to pinpoint what they need to do better, what they need to learn after a loss like that? Well, I mean, certainly Bellevue West throughout the first, you know, month, month and a half of the season has, has shown themselves to be ahead of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, um, what happened to us a week ago Saturday has happened to most everybody who has played them. But you want to play good people early and you want to play the best because it, you know, per your question, it tells you where you're at and, and what you've got to work on. And, and clearly that game showed us if our goal is to compete for a state championship, ultimately that we've, we've got a ways to go. And uh, they are so good uh, in so many areas of the game that uh, you just can't make, take a playoff or they punish you for taking a playoff here or there or for making a mental error or, you know, any, any sort of mistake, you miss a checkout, uh, they get an offensive rebound, they kick it out, and they make a three. You miss a rotation, uh, you know, they make a one more pass, and, and they hit a three. You know, offensively, you maybe drive into into traffic. Uh, their defense, their help side defense is, is generally there to make that a tough shot. So um, I had said going in, they were going to teach us a lot about ourselves, and we maybe got taught a little bit more than we wanted to. But ultimately, uh, you know, my hope is that, that that certainly makes us a better team. Um, but they've, you know, and they've done that to a lot of people, and, I think right now everybody is is trying to chase them, and but getting an opportunity to play them and see where we're at, I think, was good for our group. Uh, is it, it maybe a blessing in disguise, Coach? Because you know, two through ten, two through thirteen, could be pretty rotational, right? It's going to be a long season, and health will matter. And a lot of different teams can beat anybody, right? We've seen what's going on in Lincoln, and you know, Gretna and Westside, and 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 Millard North, and. And Creighton Prep, right? It's it's a lot of positioning and jacking. Brian will get you on a good night. Does that keep you sharp while not being so focused on what the number one team is doing? Well, it better or else you're going to find yourself probably losing a bunch of games. I mean, you said it. I mean, two through, you know, 12, 14, 15, the parity, um, you know, amongst those 10 or 12 teams in Class A this year is, I mean, it's just going to make for just a ton of, really close games and ultimately it's probably going to come down to teams that are able to win, you know, competitive games. You mentioned Lincoln. Uh, you know, I get home last night and I, you know, I flipped on the, the live streaming and you got yeah. prep and Papio South is in a one possession game, you know, um, Gretna and Elkhorn South, you know, going to the fourth quarter is a one possession game. Uh, uh, North star gets Lincoln high, who's been playing really well. Uh, so yeah, there just is, very little separation between probably, you know, after the top team, the next 10 or 12 teams. And I, I think it will make your team tougher as you, as you go through it. Um, 
I was counting it up the other day. I think of our 10 games so far, six of the 10 uh, have been a one-possession game going to the fourth quarter. Um, and uh, I think being in those types of games and those types of situations, and we're probably going to be in several more over the next you know, several weeks if you look at our upcoming schedule, um, it's going to make your team you know, much more experienced in playing in tight games, and, and hopefully you build some uh, mental toughness, you build some grit and an ability to find a way to win those tough games. But uh, I would anticipate us and a bunch of other people are going to be in a lot of uh, you know, one or two possession games here over the next uh, month, month and a half. Coach Bellevue East tonight hasn't had the start they were probably looking for, but that doesn't mean you can take any opponent lightly in Class A. Take me through practice this week. What does game prep look like? What does East do well? How have the boys responded after the loss? Lay it all out. You're probably just happy to have practice, aren't you? We are. You know, we had we had said we you know we you know and and everybody deals with it, but uh, you know you've had. Uh, you know, up through the Metro tournament, we had a, a long stretch where we'd maybe practice one or two times. We were able to play, you know, down in Kansas City the Tuesday uh, before the break, uh, and then, you know, thought you would have a practice Wednesday and a Metro tournament game Thursday, and then the weather rolls in, and you lose Wednesday, Thursday, and then you get the state-mandated uh, five-day moratorium, so you go seven days um, between when we had played uh, in Kansas City, then you get the one day back, and then you play three days in a row. So, you know, essentially through the end of the holiday tournament, you're looking at kind of one practice in about a two-week span. Now, obviously, that's that's the same for everybody, um, and Bellevue West probably handled it better than everybody else, and maybe their experience and, and talent level has something to do with that. But, yeah, we, we needed to practice, um, and we've had a good week of practice. We really challenged our guys after after Saturday's game. I mean, we have not been – uh, beaten like Bellevue West beat us uh, on Saturday in a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, we challenged them that to get to that level, we needed to practice harder. We needed to be more focused and developing better habits and practice. So we spent a lot of time, Andrew, this week just on us. Um, part of it being what happened on Saturday exposed a lot of areas we had to get better at. Part of it being we just hadn't had a whole lot of practice time in the last couple of weeks leading up to that, and we needed time to just really, really focus on us. Uh, Bellevue West, I referenced it earlier, they, they showed us some areas we've got to get better. Um, and and we, our guys really competed hard. Uh, I think they would probably tell you it hasn't been the most enjoyable week of practice. I haven't probably I, I would concur. <laughs> I, would, I, I probably haven't been in the best of moods, um, you know, over the last four or five days. But I, I'm proud of the way they've responded. You know, we've had some guys, I told a couple guys yesterday that I don't know in the past they would have responded to, um, you know, just the challenging nature of practice. We've tried to make everything competitive. We've tried to put some sort of a, a consequence for, for losing um, in just about everything we've done over the last three or four days. And, and our guys have really responded well to that, and I've really been proud of them with that. And then uh, the last day or two, then we've kind of honed in on Bellevue East, and, and Bellevue East has got a, a, a couple of six four kids inside that yeah. uh, will present challenges for us. They uh, they're, they're two kids that are athletic and um, Lanier and Robinson, and you know have an ability to score in the paint. And they've got young guards that are that are fearless. Uh, you know so. But the biggest thing for us this week was just to get back to to playing how we want to play and, and to take the time. You know the four days in a row of practice, which we haven't had four consecutive days of practice um, since we started playing games. I mean, the last time we had four consecutive days of practice was uh, the four days leading up to our season opener. So uh, to take that time and try to get ourselves better has, was really good for us. 
Yeah, uh, objectively and subjectively, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Coach, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. Yeah, you, yeah, you bet. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, you Coach. Too. That's Coach Jim right, we'll Simons, head coach of Westside Basketball. Hey, coming up after the break, we'll see which live guest thinks they have what it takes to defeat DB and Dog Eat Dog. A little trivia. Find out who has the most courage next. And Damon Benning. Back with you at the top of the hour here for Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency, live from the H&H Chevrolet stage alongside Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. We teased trivia, but now we had like a little extra <laughs> tease during the break. A very, flu- <laughs> a very fluid schedule with Nicholas Allen Baugh. So. Is he busy? Is he a busy guy? Well, I think when you're parenting and you travel a ton, it get trust me, it gets hectic. Nick Bob, busy, explodes all over my chest. No, way. and now he's he's playing zone, right? It, it was easier when you could play man to man, but man, he's he's playing zone right now. No, he's getting to the rim. You think? I think so. I don't know. Maybe my <laughs> maybe may put it on him because <laughs> you see her just crossing him up. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. That's probably one of my favorite things he said. Nick, uh, good morning. Thanks for joining the show, man. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, everything you guys said was accurate in one way or another. Uh, accurate. David, I, this, this, this reminds me of, so people that don't know, Micah, your youngest, yeah. used to like hang out with me. <laughs> like, before so David did the morning show, I was on afterwards. Like, me and Micah would just hang out yeah. for like... An hour. I'd be like trying to write out some take about like Mike Riley and Micah would be like, he, he was the king of scaring me. He would like sneak up behind me and then, boom! Nick, joke's on you. Like, I think oh that's called God. babysitting. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, Damon, Damon, with with interest, you owe me about $55,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so what, the, what that really was, that was birth control, man. You just didn't, you just weren't getting yeah. it. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get the memo. I didn't understand it. I didn't get it at all. So how's it like? How's it like playing zone now? Man, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, we're I, we're down. I'm down like 25, and we 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 got to make some adjustments. No, I mean it's great, uh, but it's challenging, man. It's just like it's just like anything else. Like you, you think one kid is hard, then you have two, and then you think two kids is hard, and then you have three, and it's just things get like progressively more challenging. But they get progressively more rewarding. Not to go a Hallmark card on you, uh, mm-hmm. but it, yeah, man, it's uh, it's th- things are going okay as long as the kids sleep. Which you know that's a coin flip every time. Oh yeah, you and Adam Sandler, man, Hallmark is a good thing. You guys could write cards. <laughs> See, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Nick, let's get into basketball now. Uh, yesterday's poll question here on the show was, uh, it's pretty easy. Who's the best team in the Big East? It seems like an easy question until you get to the answers, and it gets a little more complex because you have Providence, Xavier, Marquette, Creighton, UConn. In your opinion, uh, who's the best team? It's not Old Dominion. Who's the best team in the Big East? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Shane. Gosh. Uh, Yeah, I saw that poll question. You know it's a good poll question when I, like, squirmed even, like, scrolling through it. I was like, ooh, that's a tough one. Um, You know – it, my, he, he, I'll give you what well, my gut answer was when I saw it with Xavier right now. Because that, that's all we're just kind of 
We're, we're snapshotting the moment, and that's not to say who's going to be the best in March or who's going to win the league necessarily. But like, that's how I'm interpreting the question. Like, if I'm interpreting the question at this moment, who, which team is the best team in the Big East, I'm going to say it's Xavier. Seeing them in person, really, really impressive. It's a lot of the same guys plus Sule Boom, but all those returners have taken a step forward. I think Sean Miller is my first chance to really get to know him and see him work and operate at a shoot-around, talking to his team. He seems like he's an elite coach, and certainly his track record would back that up. But I'm telling you guys, I'm not ready to – I'm not ready to uh, – I, I think we've talked before, I'm not ready to sell my stock on the Blue Jays. I think what you've seen the last couple of, of games really, uh, really shows you what they're capable of. Um, certainly got you got to tip your cap to what Cooley's done so far. Uh, with knocking off UConn and Marquette and and all that. But I'm going to go with Xavier right now, but I think Creighton's coming, man. I really do. One of the things that caught my eye, especially after this past weekend, is because he's got such a curious coaching resume. Remember Shaka Smart at VCU was the guy, right, the hot commodity. And then when it got time to get a big job, it was, well, gosh, how many conference titles has VCU actually run outright? And then it's like, oh, that's a smaller number than I thought. Then it's Texas, and it's, oh, it wasn't a good fit. Now all of a sudden, Marquette is, they've got my attention. They have some pieces. How about the job, or how, what do you make of Shaka Smart? Is he a, a good coach that needs the right fit? Is he just a great coach? Is, how do you look at Marquette under Shaka Smart this early? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's fascinating to think about. I think uh, – you know, so many people, we want to think we can defy circumstances and like, man, I'd work anywhere. Like, I'm Andrew Rogers. I could do radio in Orlando. You put me in St. Louis. You put me in Dallas. Like, I could do it anywhere. But the reality is, like, a lot of us need the right market, need the right fit to succeed. And I think if you look at his teams at VCU and you look at this team at, at Marquette, they look more similar than any of his teams that Texas did at VCU. Mm. And so I, I look at this roster, and while it's not star-studded, doesn't have a bunch of five stars, uh, I think it fits how he wants to play, you know? Uh, and, and so to me, that, that's my main takeaway with him. I, I, and what's challenging is if you're Shaka, you know, like, okay, Mo Bamba says, yes, I want to come to Texas. Mm. What are you going to say, no, thank you? Like, mm. you're going to take him even though he may not fit exactly how you want to play. Uh, so I, I think – I just look at him, and I think he's a perfect example of sometimes we think of fit for players or for other things. Like, there's fits for coaches and rosters in certain situations. Um, they were the hardest team. So I remember I talked to Fox in the offseason kind of about scheduling stuff and previewing the Big East and all that. And I, I remember saying this in the summer. They were the hardest team for me to sink my teeth in because – they lost their two best players in Justin Lewis and Daryl Morsell. They didn't bring in any nope. high-profile recruits or major transfers. So I kind of thought, well, Shaka better, you know, a year older doesn't always mean a year better, but boy, does it in Milwaukee. Cam Jones, Kolick, Omax Prosper, Oso Iguodaro, like all those guys, all those guys across the board have gotten better. And I think it's a testament to fit for Shaka with those guys. I don't want to just dominate your knowledge with just the Big East and Marquette, but Iguodaro and Cam Jones finishing around the rim against Creighton, the tough finishes, and I'm thinking, can they make a living playing with like that? But that was without Kalk. 
How much more or how difficult is it to assess what's going on without more conference games? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too. Even with, even with uh, you know, teams like, you know, St. John's has kind of come back down to earth, but they, you know, they didn't play really anybody. So you kind of, in the non-con, that is. And so you kind of go, okay, well, let's see what happens in conference play. Um, even Providence didn't necessarily challenge themselves in, in the non-con a ton. So let's see what happens in, in conference play. So the sample size is still so small. And when you catch a team, you know, I mean, let's be honest, like, if Creighton, if Creighton was going to Marquette this weekend, it might be a different game. Yeah, you take, right? yeah, you like, take Creighton. You know, <laughs> You, you, you probably pick Creighton right now. Yeah. I don't know, or uh, I mean, I don't even know. It's, it's just I'm, I'm guaranteed it'd be a different game, and so that's that's the thing. There, there is an there is an element of luck with some of this stuff of of when you catch teams, timing, and all those sorts of things. But man, I tell you what, I don't know what you guys thought, but looking at Kalkbrenner the other night against Seton Hall, that's what he looked like the entire final month and a half, two yeah. months of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Just freaking blocking everything, altering everything, changing everything in the paint. He has six blocks, and I bet he altered 10 to 15 shots. So I, it, it was amazing to watch his, uh, you know, his timing, his able to kind of roam off guys and, and block shots, but – it's different. It's a different world when Kalkbrenner is at full strength, man. It really is. You know, I mentioned that point exactly to DB a couple of weeks ago, actually right before the break and right before Kalkbrenner came back. I said, I think Ryan Kalkbrenner is the most irreplaceable player in college basketball, somebody that is most important to his team. And DB kind of looked at me funny as if I walked in wearing a dress. He's like, eh, are you sure? <laughs> and uh, I'm like, no, dude, I really think like this is the real thing. And once they get back to a healthy five, you're going to see Creighton get back to who they once were. And uh, I-, I think that that r- rung so true, as you said, against Seton Hall. And now you have to try to carry that over into UConn. Right, and UConn's coming off of a, a couple of losses. That's actually the, the team that the pu- general public thought is still the best team in the Big East. Yeah. But where do you sit with watching UConn right now? They're undefeated and, at home. Only two teams in the Big East are undefeated. And at does home. it make the job harder for Creighton going in, knowing that they are hungry for a win? Well, here's the here's, you know I just said like timing of when you catch teams. This is an example of terrible timing, in my opinion. You may think, like, it's all how you want to look at it. You could look at this and go, ooh, Creighton's catching UConn struggling. Uh, they lost at Xavier in a game that was close where Danny Hurley got teed up and it kind of changed the game in the final two minutes. And then they ran into a Providence team that was just played great. Bryce Hopkins is playing fantastic. So they've lost on the road in two games that aren't bad losses. So I think they're going to be foaming at the mouth. I also think, keep in mind, UConn has never beaten Creighton since they've joined the Big East. That is something that sticks in your craw as a player and as a coach, and they're going to be talking about that. Mm. So I think you're running into a UConn team that is going to be angry, and they already play a little angry. So it it will be, in my opinion, it's not great timing to catch UConn, uh, but, you know, it, I guess it's we'll, – we'll find out. I just – you know, there's, there's no with, – with Kalkbrenner, man, he just – the other thing – I mean, you, you look at the numbers with and without him, you know, the rebounding numbers are dramatically different. And what's interesting is he only averages about six or seven rebounds. So you're like, jeez, why would it be a 15-rebound difference with or without him? 
I asked Coach McDermott that, and, and he looked at me and he goes, well, I'll tell you this, his guy doesn't get the rebound. And I was like, okay, you know, that's something. Like, his, <laughs> so the guy he's guarding doesn't get it. And then Kalkbrenner gets a – he you know, he led the Big East in offensive rebounds a year ago. He, he gets a lot of offensive rebounds as well. So the rebounding situation changes with him. Um, there's a lot more subtleties. You would think ball screen – like a guy that's just setting ball screens and rolling, that's simple. There's a lot of subtleties to, okay, I'm going to set a screen on, on Ryan Nemhard. His guy's setting up to go under. i got to change my angle a little bit to get a piece of him. Or, all right, he went under. Let's roll back. Let's pick, repick. Now – Nemhard's at 14 feet coming downhill, if that makes sense on the radio here. Like, yeah. he, he understands those subtleties at a higher level than someone like Frederick King does. So he unlocks so much on both ends of the floor that, you know, as much as Damon may have looked at Andrew like he had a, a dress on, I don't know, man. I mean, it's, you, he's, he's in the conversation for one of the most indispensable, impactful players to a specific team in, in college basketball. In my defense, that was back when they were 6-2, and two, and I thought, gosh, it's pretty early to be saying <laughs> right. that. I was thinking, I'm like, I'm like, like man, Carolina without Baycott or, you know, I, right. I, I'm, I'm looking Indiana, at – Indiana, Trey Jackson, Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, obviously I – mean, without Edie. Obviously, Indiana without Xavier yeah. Johnson because they still can't take care of the basketball. That – like, that's a cra- – let's stay right there. Let's go to the Big Ten just because I don't know if that's Michigan State. They're hard to cap. Iowa gets their doors blown off, and then they rally against Indiana, who was loose with the basketball. I think Purdue is good. They won on the road at Columbus last night, and, a you know, lawyer, he lawed up with all 11 in the second yep. half. Like, how are you capping the Big Ten? I, man, I – it produces a tough team to make sense of for me because I just don't know how dynamic their guards are. Uh, you know, but man, do they execute? Man, do they know who they are? Man, do they know where their bread's buttered? And man, do they execute? Um, now, with that, with all that said, I thought Ohio State peed down their leg pretty good. You know, I mean, to to turn it over in the full court on a simple. I mean, if you get trapped in the coffin corner, not sure if people saw that play. Yeah, on the inbound. I mean, yeah. everybody's. Everybody's going rot- to rotate to the inbounder. You know, that's just like, that's basketball one-on-one, and you can't just turn and throw a lazy pass back at that guy. And then even their, their double on Edie that you talk about that ended up being the, the game-winner to Lawyer, what they had done a good job of is waiting until Edie started to dribble the ball to come with the double team. And instead, when the ball went into Edie, they ran right into double him, and so the timing wasn't there for, for the rotation, and Lawyer gets a wide-open three. Uh Wild game in Iowa City. Basket, mm-hmm. I think he sort of light a fire under this team, and it kind of worked. But definitely, Race Thompson being hurt, Xavier Johnson being hurt, certainly changes the dynamic there. I think you still have to say Purdue's the best team uh, in in the Big Ten. Although their guard play worries me, I just man does they they know who they are, they execute, and they got a dude that is a problem every single possession offensively that you have to deal with. It. You mentioned the inbounds play, and all I could think of last night since everything's about North Carolina is North Carolina-Baylor last year where North Carolina gave up a 20-point lead because they couldn't inbounds the basketball. Mm-hmm. Creighton went through a stretch, yeah. remember, two, three years ago with Coach Mack where it was like they struggled to inbounds the basketball. In your opinion, you're watching this game a ton. You know it as well as anybody. Why is such a minor thing that happens – 50 times a game, such a high degree of difficulty when it matters? I, I, it's a good question. I don't know. I, I, I wish I had a good, clean answer for you. 
Um, I think one, I've always felt like being on both ends of that. I've been the guy that's thrown the ball in in that spot, and I've also been the guy that's trying to trying to get open. I think it's the what I just said there. The latter. I think you find out who really wants the ball. Mm. Get open. Like go go get up. Like really make a hard cut. Really really get into your guy and create space and get open. You see so many people because they know they're about to get trapped, like homeboy did at Ohio State last night, <laughs> right? Like, that's not fun. Like, game on the line, you're down one or you're up one, you go, I'm going to catch and I'm going to get double teamed. And i got to be strong in a double team and not turn this thing over and either pass out of it or, or get fouled and I'm going to the line. There's a lot of people that don't want the ball there. Mm. And so I, I would say it's sometimes – there are four guys, and really it's maybe like two dudes that are that are screening for each other, or cutting, and getting open. Those guys gotta want the ball, and a part of also wanting the ball is knowing where to catch it. You know, don't, don't run to that that coffin corner where the the baseline meets the sideline. But yes, yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, we can make that complicated, but some of it's just like you know, man up, get open, catch, be strong. Mm. We're talking with Nick Ba, Fox Sports college basketball analyst and former Blue Jay. You can toss him a follow on Twitter, at Nick Ba, pretty plain plain and simple. And Ba, B-A-H-E, for those of you playing on your bingo cards at home. Nick, as you look at that game in Iowa City, the Indiana-Iowa game, and you hear what Mike Woodson has to say in his presser, uh, using a few choice words, um calling bologna sandwich on the way Fran McCaffrey kind of <laughs> operated on the sidelines in that game. What did you make of those, those comments? And, um, you know, as a guy that, like, leads a team in the top 25, uh, does that send the right message to his group, knowing that he's, like, placing blame on certain things? Yeah, I never – I mean, first of all, I'm never a huge fan of going public with with any with anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, if you're upset with how a, how a, another coach was handled, um, or or how a game was officiated with with regards to the the other sideline, I'm never a huge fan of that. But that also doesn't, you know, I think Damon, you say this all the time. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. You know, I mean, Mike Woodson, Mike Woodson can say that. I just don't think he he should. Uh, but I, you know, it's. Uh, I, I thought Mike Woodson had an argument. You know. Uh, th- at the same time, I think the play he was talking about was at the end of the game. One of Indiana's assistants was was looked like he was out of his coaching box, having a pretty intimate conversation with the official. And then Fran came way out of his coaching box, all the way to the almost the other side of the floor, to kind of go, "Hey, you know what's what's what is this? Like, what are we doing here?" Um, but I, I think much like anything, I brought up Danny Hurley. You know what? what what some of these guys don't understand is it's a cumulative thing. You know, yeah. Fran, Fran is, is on the officials from the, from the first possession all the way to the final mm. possession. And so these things add up. And I think these other coaches see that. You know, players, you know, we always talk about a players just want refs to be consistent, right? Like just if this is a foul, call it here all the time. The same can be go for coaches with how other coaches get treated. You know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that certain coaches – get a little more leeway with the officials than other ones do. And some of that is also, you know what you're getting with Fran McCaffrey. Like when that ball's tipped up, he's, he's going to be on you. You know what I mean? As an official. So you like, it's, it's kind of like those teams that foul you the whole game. It's like, okay, you're going to call a foul on every possession because you're not going to do that. And even as an official, you go, okay, you're going to call a technical foul 
and throw Fran out in the first five minutes of the game. You're not going to do that, you know. So there, there's a it's 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 challenging, you know. Um, I, I didn't love uh, what what Coach Woodson said after the game. Just I'm always I'm always more of a fan of keeping that stuff in house or you know just not necessarily playing those cards publicly. But I certainly understand where he where he's coming from because Fran was on one last night. But in some ways he needed to. His team, I don't know if you guys saw the start of that game, his team was flat as a pancake mm-hmm. in the first 10 minutes of that game, and he needed to, like, I, I really think that was – sometimes I think coaches just lose their cool, and then sometimes I think coaches get teed up and go crazy to try and get their – light a fire in their team, and I think Fran kind of did both last night. Nick, I think, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, you know, good analysts, uh, they, they played the game or whatever, and I know that that's not a prerequisite. There's some other things. I think one of the things that makes you really good – and what you do is not only is there the knowledge of the game, but it's never about you. So you like to give perspectives that don't involve the player. And I'm listening to you explain the flagrant one, flagrant two the other night, and, and should it be when you come down hard on a player and you don't love the call. And, and I'm thinking to myself, does, college, does basketball, I know we we're on it in the NFL, does college basketball have an officiating problem? And does the player in you, allow you to really want to go there different than maybe you would being in the media? Yeah, it's, I, I always feel like for as much as officiating is an enormous part of the game, when I'm on the air, officiating is like the last thing yeah, I want yeah. to talk about. And to you. be honest with you, it's even one of the things when I hosting, you know, in the media, hosting a radio show, whatever, like I'm never a huge fan of, you know, hey, coming up next, I'm going to talk to you guys about officiating. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just think more often than not, I think fans don't want, to, don't want to talk about that. But you're not as, Damon. You talk to coaches, and this goes for football as well. They want to know who's our crew this week. Yep. Who, who's, who's, you know, like, it's a huge, who's, who's on this game? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, how the game is officiated is massively, massively important so it is a factor in, in the game. So I think it's always a uh, it, it's always a balance to try to kind of like, all right, we got to dip our toe in that pool because we can't act like how a game's ref doesn't matter. But I don't want to go swimming in that pool for for too long. Uh, you know, I, it, it's does the does college basketball is an officiating problem? I mean, probably a little bit. Uh, I also, I'm also one of those guys that has, has a lot of sympathy for, for these refs. I think it's a thankless job. I think, uh, I think it's really hard. In some ways, I think the, the flop technical rule, while I get the spirit of it, it is, it is a mm. tough one to administer. Um, you know, so I think these guys got a lot of things, um, working against them to make it challenging. Uh, but it, it's, uh, there, there's no question that officiating is an enormous part of every single game. Nick, you're the best, man. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Now go back to being a dad. <laughs> okay. We, we made it about 15 minutes here with no, no massive injuries, so I'm going to get back to making sure we <laughs> stay on that course. Always appreciate you, best, you my man. guy. Thank you. See you guys. Yep, talk soon. And that is Nick Ba at Nick Ba on Twitter. Before we send this thing to break, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dingman's Collision Center. They've been in the business for over 25 years in Omaha. Family-owned and family-run local business. They invest in the latest technology to stay up to date with 
the ever-evolving technology of cars. We work on, or they work on, I should say, all makes and models. I shouldn't say we because uh, we should not be working on any cars. Uh, my, yeah, in my uh, former life, I've had a few of my cars work on. <laughs> Uh, but they work from Fords to Teslas, four locations throughout the metro area, along with a standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Mabel. Voted first place, best of Omaha for 18 years running. If you have a problem, you need auto repair, go to Dingman's Collision Center. They will hook you up. Out of the break, though, we're playing Dog Eat Dog against DB. Now it's trivia time. We'll take a live guest next here on the show at Tail Varsity Radio. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. We are back. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. There's a reason you can't see DB right now on the stream. Uh, so if you're watching us live on YouTube, there, he's at the bar uh, talking to people, not drinking. No, I know where everybody's head went. He's not doing that. He is waiting his turn to play dog-eat-dog dog against DB. But in the meantime, we have – I wonder if I can turn this. Like, let's, let's see. Yeah, there's Kendall. All right, yeah. You know what? Why not? We Why make not? shift here. Why not? Kendall, for last name? Wickwire. Wickwire. Yes, sir. Why? Er. Yes, all same. Don't say wick-wire. Wick it's wick-wire. Two wick words make one word. Kendall Wickwire, thanks for coming on. House of Live events so far. You enjoying yourself? I am. I am. I like the sound in here. You can hear everything that's being said. Um, you feel real personable. The food was amazing. And uh, what better can you ask on a fry? Yay. You know what I mean? We should hire this guy to just work for us. You can just give all of us. You should be on social media right now delivering that same uh, response. I, I do a little bit here and there. A little <laughs> dabble. Well, so do you know how to play the trivia game? Have you heard it before on the show? Uh, if not, it's cool. I'll, I'll explain it. I haven't it. only because of my work schedule, but I would like to hear what goes down. Hey, thanks. Thanks for the excuse. I said <laughs> it was cool. You didn't have to go into it. Uh, no. Okay. So you get three questions, okay. but you get answer choices. So I'll give you three bullet points of answer choices. You tell me what the right answer is. I'll keep track. I'll give you a tiebreaker question, too. Then we'll go to DB. He doesn't get answer choices. Let's so he go. gets the three questions, and uh, he has one Hail Mary, though. So he can use it to get the answer choices. Oh. Okay? Right. Just one time. One time. Just one time. All right. Shane, are you got music? There it is. Ready to play? Yes, sir. All right. Question number one. TCU is the longest preseason long shot to reach the college football playoff. The biggest long shot to cash as champion was back in 2010. Who was it? Was it Oregon, Auburn, or LSU? 2010. Hmm. I'm going to say 2010 was Auburn. Question number two. The first 32 players have been named to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. Which NHL player has been selected the most? He's looking for help in the audience. Is I got it, two hockey guys here. What, I mean, I know he knows, and I know he'll know something. Is it Ray Bork, Gordie Howe, or Bobby Hull? I've heard the other two names. Selected the most. Gordie Howe. And question number three. The 2023 PGA Tour officially began yesterday. Let's see how much you were paying attention to last year. 
Who won the 2022 Masters Tournament? Was it Scotty Scheffler, Hideki Matsuyama, or Rory McIlroy? Ooh. I'm going to say the first one. What was his name? Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. It, it was either it, it, it's It's white wire. <laughs> God! <laughs> Um, and the tiebreaker question for you. How many dimples does an average golf ball have? Closest two wins. Just Ooh. the tiebreaker. Now, I used to play golf, but I for sure was not counting the dimples. <laughs> I would say 250. Thank you. Can we welcome back in DB? You can stay on, too, for this. All right. Yeah, just sit right. here and enjoy. Oh. We're at Hale Varsity Club. The breakfast, the live breakfast, though, it, it, the window's closing. Can to we get show here. this or no? You can't. Yeah. Yeah, this, show some breakfast. This. This is what DB was talking about. Mm -hmm. Those are his Benning Bites. We'll be doing this at least once a month, maybe yeah. twice a month. Yeah, we didn't get this. <laughs> we didn't get this offer. That's on DB. Those are his. Here he is. He's back. He's walking in. We're having some fun, DB, and I think you have your work cut out for you. I don't know, man. I don't know. These questions are way harder than I thought. I was thinking they were going to be like no. the average. How many innings are in yeah, a baseball yeah, game? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I, and going to, I'm 2-0, right? This could be my you first L. This good. All right. Let's All right. Go. You ready? Yep. Question number one. TCU is the longest preseason long shot to reach the college football playoff. The biggest long shot to cash in as champion was back in 2010. Who was it? Two thousand ten. Gosh, that's let's tough. think of where you were in two thousand ten. Struggling, <laughs> basically. Um, two thousand ten. That might have been the first year I got me. served with divorce papers. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't okay. thinking about sports. All right. <laughs> well, I mean, you should have had your mind on the college football uh, game. Then. Let's see, two thousand ten. Boy, that's tough. How about? Uh, and you do have a Hail Mary, remember. You get I don't want to use it yet. I'll take um, – they were a long shot, but I'll, I'll take Bama. Question number two. The first 32 players have been named to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. Which NHL player has been selected the most? Uh, in both conferences? So just overall? It's overall. Uh, I will go with – uh, 2002 and 2003, they came in back-to-back -back drafts. It's Crosby and Ovechkin. It's one of those guys. I'll take. I'll take Sid. I'll take Crosby. Sid the kid. Question number three: The 2023 PGA Tour officially began yesterday, but let's see how much you were paying attention to last year. Who won the 2022 Masters? Uh. I remember you were talking on one show about it for a little bit, maybe. I kind of blanked out my former life. Uh, <laughs> Hail Varsity Club gift cards on the line for Kendall. 2022. Come on, DB. Uh, you still have the Hail Mary. How many more questions? That's it. I mean, oh, give me the Hail Mary. <laughs> Is it Scotty Scheffler, Hideki Matsuyama, or Rory McIlroy? Uh, Scheffler. And the tiebreaker question, how many dimples does an average golf ball have? 120. 
120. Thank you. Let's go through Whoa, the answers. Man, you knew you knew that pretty strong. <laughs> like, you were pretty strong. It doesn't seem like enough though. I just remember like there's something in the names that tell you the number of dimples. I don't know. Whatever. I may have made that up. But let's see if he's right. That's right. I'm All absolutely right. not because now they look at it. Question number one. TCU is the longest preseason long shot to reach the college football playoff. The biggest long shot to cash was back in 2010. Was it Oregon, Auburn, or LSU? DB said Bama. <laughs> not on the list. Um, and Kendall said Auburn. It's Auburn. Yeah, Cam Newton. Right there. Unbelievable. I didn't know Bam. That. Question number two. The first 32 players have been named to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game. Which NHL player has been selected the most? DB said Sid the Kid, but the answer choices were Ray Bork, Gordie Howe, and Bobby Hall. Oh, ever. Ever. Astros, man. Don't be afraid to ask for the detail. Man, <laughs> that's like the Astros in the college. That's what I'm saying. Well, how Astros. come I can't listen? I don't know. It's not a me thing. Oh, fudge. Then I would have taken, I would have taken Ray Bork. Oh, it was Gordie Howe. Okay. So, um, you didn't get that one right. He either? got that right. Wow, that's over. Well, it helps that he had 500 people in the audience <laughs> helping him out, too. I did have the hockey specialist right here. <laughs> I know, too. But he didn't even know. Oh, Jay Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, question number three. Um, this is just one for, for good laughs measure, right? Yeah. Laughs and giggles. The 2023 PGA Tour officially began yesterday. Who won the 2022 Masters, though? I got was one it right, didn't I? Scotty Scheffler, Hideki Matsuyama, or Rory McIlroy? It was Scotty Scheffler. So. Did you get that one right, too? Ding, ding, ding. All three for See, Kendall. So Kendall takes home the gift cards and the tiebreaker question. Here's $15 courtesy Thank of Hale Varsity Club. Thanks for playing, man. The tiebreaker. I, I was the guy that would take my job better at me than my job. Come on, hey. man. Hey, don't sell yourself short. Fudge. I, I just got whooped. <laughs> it's okay. Everybody I feel, has I, one of those moments. I, I, hey. I, Sauter knows. I, I kind of low-key, I'm being good-natured, but I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. You're, well, hey, I, please, you know I what? get wins every so often, We, we, ta- we talked on, about, like, isms, right? Like, yep. things you do when, like, you're not in a good state of mind. Is and yours is, like, the zipper pocket on the side. Uh, you, after the first miss, you went one? straight to the zipper pocket. Oh, the old hands <laughs> in the pockets. And the head goes down just slowly, yep. shakes a little. What, what was the dimples? Um, how many dimples on an average golf ball? Kendall said 250. DB said 120. It's actually 336. Seems like a lot. That does. But, I mean, if you look at a golf ball, you're like, eh, there are a lot on there. Yeah. Man, that's pretty good. So, so four when, for four, technically. So you're when you're not on the the Blackstone, you're usually out eating. Like, <laughs> listen well, to this guy. Well, like, listen to this guy. Or on vacation. When you he's, come to HBC and he's eat. munching on your betting bites. <laughs> Man, I, well I, che- I said, why wasn't this on the menu? <laughs> you ever checked out my guy on Snapchat? He's no. almost unless he's working. He's never in, in this area code. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. He goes, how do you travel so much? I said, DB, you see how hard I work. <laughs> Fudge. You got to play harder <laughs> to live hard. Hey, he's just salty. He but but see, here's the difference. I'm almost empty nesting after this year. My <laughs> son's a junior. You know, like our son's uh-huh. a junior. That's mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. great. Mike Sauter's four. Difference. Mike Sauter's next. <laughs> And cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. 
This segment with Mike Sauter is presented by Awaken Men's Health. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Mike Sauter. I, I would agree, Damon. Mike Sauter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike Sauter. Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot. Mike, Mike Sauter. Mama, Mike Sauter. I like that. It's like a little, like, DJ has. Hey, I want a full. <laughs> We've been doing this a while now. A little bit. Okay. How does how is this the only guy of our regular guest that has an open? Because <laughs> it's sponsored. <laughs> no, 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 no. Work like that. Shane can make an open for anybody. Right. Right. I I don't. Who, who's who's not muted? Well, you got to turn your. Yeah, you got to oh, turn. Yeah, bro, there he my is. Fault. Sorry, Mike Sauter. Jiminy Christmas. I can't hear you. I didn't hear. Yeah, I couldn't hear you. That I can't. Me? Just what about now? Sauter? How about now? Now I can. Yeah. All right. It's the whole volume. Thing. Yeah, I was just checking. Yeah, that, that's DB's job. We're no, good. No, no, no. It's <laughs> closer to you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know the, I know I'm the least. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to leave it to the ding dong to do the audio? <laughs> you are. We, we, you'd never hear a thing. <laughs> I can tell you that. Who's the ding dong? That would be me. That's, uh, that's why I'm in the middle. I got help to my right. <laughs> I have help to my left. Mm-hmm. It's a reverse Oreo. Yeah, I'll walk you across <laughs> the street. <laughs> what? Pardon? <laughs> then I'll walk you across the street. Thank you. I don't hold hands, though. You can, like, ask his me. wife. <laughs> don't hold it. I've never seen him touch her. Yikes. Tough crowd. Um, what about, like, do like, you hold real? your daughter? Like, not even hand? like a tap. Like, yeah, my daughter. Yeah. So that she's the only one? I wouldn't say. I mean, it's not exclusive. It's just kind of how it's happened. Well, it seems exclusive. I can't hold your he, hand. He made it that way. Well, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> I've only known you a year. <laughs> I don't. I don't. But do that when's either. the tipping point? When can I finally hold your <laughs> hand? We got to move past the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Oh, like a okay, song. okay. So how you been, man? Been good. Busy. Yeah, been I know. Good. How's the fishing? You've been trip busy. Thing? No way. Yeah. So do I what? call that like a series? A docu? It wasn't a documentary. Like. It was kind of a doc. I mean, it was twenty. It was about thirty minutes long. And uh, talking about the fishing engineering culture, which, by the way, a new podcast engineering culture, um, is. Um, that was episode one, so we came out of the we came out of the shoot pretty hot. What were you fishing know. for? Life, like uh, everything. Apparently, life. Oh. Like that yeah. thing. Was, what was the biggest thing you caught? We got like three pound bass plus. Wow. Three plus. Coach Baronic though, he's the real. Yeah. He that he can fish. Three pound bass. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, Drake Baronic and I, um, the Carney High basketball coach, in mm-hmm. August is when we went fishing together. He's always wanted me to go fishing with him, and so we. I was like, hey, I'm going to be out that way. and so You we know, he's family, up. right? Yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. So, no, like. No, I know. Like, yeah. really. And so we'd, we'd set it up, and we went on a private, very private lake where the dude just wanted a case of whatever out. Like, Ginger ale. Yeah, that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say that or not. So. Ginger beer? So um, <laughs> wanted a case of something, so we put us on the lake, and we had two fishing guide guys and got on their boat. I've never, I mean, when I have fished in the past, it's like with a bobber, right? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. You, you put the hot dog on the yeah, hook? Yeah, we're not. We're Wait not for the sunfish to, to grab on. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to do that. So He hasn't seen any of your videos on Lake o- at Lake Okaboga. Oh, no. yeah, you will eventually. <laughs> not don't yet. Don't worry. It's, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> so we, we went fishing, and I, I, I will tell you, part of it is we, I wanted to talk about you know, how do you build a culture and, and just get to know him as, as a person? Um, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We talked about his dad who 
for those that know. That got to me. His dad passed away, uh, cancer. His brother's kind of going through the same thing as his dad, needed a transplant. We talked about that. We we discussed who's a better uh, basketball player, either um, Connor or Drake, and Drake still won't give that up, that Connor's better than him. Um, so we, we did all those things, all while fishing and him teaching me how to fish. I mean, I didn't know how to throw a what is it? Real? Cast, cast that. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they know, real. And how to do any of that? Whatever that is. People yeah, make just, fun of me. And I, was, real and I, was, I used to be the guy. I was like, "Hey, what is that thing you do when you like you you throw you it? Fling out? it back yeah. and you cast. And yeah. people cast look at me and they'd be like, cast. And I was what like, kind of oh, what kind of lime are you using? I don't know. Like ten pound so cast. We were doing like flip. They were doing all this flipping flip cat. I don't know what it's called. Flip cast stuff. So, um, pay grade. Yeah. It is way Talk. over the only cast I do is over the head. So the, <laughs> the, best, cast. the best piece of part about it was he, so I, I took the coaching, mm-hmm. right? So he, they, everyone's catching fish. I was getting frustrated cause I wasn't catching anything. And then it's how fishing works. And, but everyone else was, and these dudes are like, they do this every day. And then we mm-hmm. went, um, about halftime, I, I had the halftime adjustments and we, um, I, I ended up catching. Did you do like the fish. 94 foot thing where you like walk with him and get some tutelage? Well, it was on the boat. It so. looks like you're, yeah. you're on fear factor with yeah, the fish it, out there. Touch my first you're, fish ever. And I was like, I'm not touching you're that. You're like a, a little kid, like smiling for the photo. Right. Like, Listen, I'd be the same hey, way. After that, I probably had to go. To, I, I feel like, well, this week I've just physically, I don't know what is wrong. I'm getting older now. Like, I was just walking in the office yesterday. I was trying to teach you how to stretch over there, and you almost broke your back. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were doing sit-ups. My back cracked. And then yesterday, I was just walking in the office and just, like, did a quick turn, and I just fell down. I rolled my ankle. <laughs> it was funny. I mean, there were people. I do that, and I'm 26. So Avery was there, and she was laughing. It was laughing. I was laughing at myself. And so, you know, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't great. But... I probably need to go to Awaken Men's Health, you know, which has four convenient locations throughout uh, the state for some blood work. Omaha, Lincoln, York, North Platte. I, I, I like so. you, man. I, you know what you're doing. So, yeah. Anyway, it's been good. A lot of basketball. <laughs> a lot of basketball. Yeah. Going to catch some wrestling today. Speak to the, the Metro Holiday Tournament first and foremost because that was the first high school basketball that I took in in Omaha. Yeah, and it was a standing room only crowd. And yeah, it was probably enjoy like, that. Whoa, I'm used to watching C1. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm used whatever. to having plenty of room to sit in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, Metro tournament was great. Um, I personally, and I, I wrote a column, I guess, afterwards, I liked it in a high school. I liked the environment. I liked that the fans mm-hmm. were we loud. We talked about that. The fans were loud. There were actual student sections because, you know, at Baxter, Ralston in the past – where they've had whatever the place that Ralston's called now, I don't know. But um, they, there would be students show up, but it wouldn't get loud. I feel like it's not a comfortable environment. So I think they were really comfortable in that environment, and it, there were, it, was, it was loud. And like you don't get stomping on the stands, defense, you know, chants mm-hmm. and things like all those little things. Also, I got to say this, um, Coach Lemon, who does the, um, uh, the PA for, for Bellevue West mm-hmm. events, he was – on it fantastic if you've been to the metro tournament basketball in the past it's you might have music playing during a free throw you know, it might not get turned off in time coming out of a timeout you might have someone talking during a, the game action you know trying to announce something he was 
dialed in and he had like a playlist ready he's to a go. Great, he's a great guy like, to begin with. He's, he said, yeah, I, I mean, he was, he said he spent a lot of time thinking about it beforehand. It was awesome. He did a great job with that and, and it helped with the environment. So first of all, I, and, and John Morrow at Bellevue West, he did a phenomenal job. He was there. I was in 72 hours, Thursday through Saturday, uh, Saturday was New Year's Eve. Uh, that's, 72 hours. I was there 47 of them at Bellevue West, and he was there way more than that. Let me ask so. you something real quick to Drew Down. Hey, you, so you've been to a couple of raucous environments. You, you've been to Westside during a playoff game. You've seen high school basketball. You know how passionate mm-hmm. we are. Like, are you surprised since you've been here that high school sports is as big as it is? No, because high school is king up like in the upper northwest. Um, Northwest, geez. North East part no, of the state. North, North Midwest is what I meant oh. to say. Um, because, like, even back in St. Louis, high school is in King because there's no professional – well, there are some professional, professional sports teams, teams yeah. that kind of oh, – they're the umbrella, right? That, that's what you go watch. That's what you go see. High schools kind of take a back seat. But up here, when you don't have a professional sports team that you have in town – like, there, of course, there's fans of, of, of teams – people have – their love for this fan base or that fan base, uh, that team, or um, you know, when you talk high school, though, it's that's what's king up in this area. So that did not shock me. When I moved to Sioux City, too, it was kind of the same way because there's no professional sports teams up mm. in that side of Iowa. Well, the Musketeers are up there. Yeah, well, and they Clark Cup champs. <laughs> I don't know. Good call means. on that. Even though we, we're Team Lancers around here. Yeah. Come on. Now. Yeah, but no. I, anyway, it was really cool to head to the gym. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool to head to a gym. The guy shrugs. He's paying twenty thousand dollars a year for his kids to play hockey, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and see the floods of people just come and watch a game. A lot of people too that may not have even had any personal tie to that team. Yeah, there oh, were just yeah. a bunch of people there wanting to watch good quality basketball. Let me ask yeah. you something: Is it is it Tougher to decide two through 13 in boys or top six in girls in class A? And well, we got we to talk about this quick, too, because we got yeah. a minute 38. But okay. we will, I'm going to follow this up. We will talk to Sauter oh, on in the morning, morning dump. dump. Okay. So go there. So next. I, I think it's tougher um, boys right now because you look at Lincoln, and I don't know is it, what Lincoln is. It's hard to figure out, right? Because North Star beats Lincoln High after Lincoln High wins the hack. Is it Lincoln? So most and, people think Southwest yeah, is the most talented. Right. Is, is, and they have Southeast tonight, big game. I think I might go there after going to Bellevue As long West as Southeast plays through Bellevue Voss, West. they're fine. Yeah. So is Lincoln just that competitive or are they good? Right. We, I guess I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I think it's probably harder on the boys' side to figure out two through 18 because I think on any given night, they could all beat each other. Dude, the top six in girls in it's class really A is going to be a dogfight. Yeah, making it to the state tournament in in girls class A is going to be hard. It's going to be a, it's going to be a battle. Mm. Forty seconds. That's it. We got to give him We're a bigger segment. Well, that's what or I'm saying. We shouldn't talk to him, in, or we should only talk to him in morning dump. Well, the problem is we I'm talked here so I don't for get the first fine. eight minutes because he did something new and we were interested. The fishing podcast, though, you got to watch it. It's it's fantastic. I think you guys should talk fishing all the time. He likes fishing. <laughs> Shane actually kind of taught me. You probably taught me the most about fishing of anybody that I know. Really? Yeah, he's he, that's what that's his jam. We should go fishing together. 
<laughs> How much patience do you have? Uh, plenty. All right, plenty. we're good. We're good. Yeah, hey, right. Thanks to all of you that came out to support us today at the live breakfast with Benning here at Hale Varsity Club. We will be back next week on Coffee and Cream, but until then, go to Morning Dump.